Welcome to Pod Me If You Can. I'm David Farrell. And I'm Lloyd Hughes. And today's film is a discussion of War Horse, the new film from Steven Spielberg that's coming out on Boxing Day, December 26th in Australia. And uh, it's been nominated for two Golden Globes, Best Original Score and Best Picture. Lloyd and I were lucky enough to be invited to an advanced screening of the film, and we plan on spoiling lots of details here on the podcast. So if you haven't seen War Horse, we recommend you check it out before listening to the rest of this podcast. It's the tale of an English boy who has a horse that is recruited as a war horse, you guessed it, in World War I and their journey to find each other again. Lloyd, is this the best picture of the year? No way. <laughs> um, I, want, I came into this wanting to like it, wanting to cry. I'm a big fan of Balthazar, this film about a donkey, and it goes through like five different owners, and at the end of that film, I was in tears. It was so devastating. Like something about animals being hurt, and they're so innocent and dumb, you know, and I, I wanted that, and I wanted to love it. Spielberg, I, I thought, was one of these directors that would feed those emotions, so I came into it making... Make me cry. Oh, man. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I don't want to be so negative on this, so I'll just try to be as positive as possible and I'll discuss what I liked about it. <laughs> well, we'll be a little even on it. We'll see. Yeah. Um, it is a film for animal lovers, wouldn't you agree? Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, it's, it is about a horse, but, like, there are scenes where it gets caught in barbed wire and where oh, it's... Oh, that was brutal, and, yeah. And they have several scenes where horses are pulling large bits of uh, artillery and stuff and their knees are all uh, scraped away and horses that sort of collapse on themselves and just sort of die right there. This is a high-level director. Like, pretty much Spielberg is the director. If he approaches a project, he's got any... He can get any actor he wants. He's got an infinite budget on it you know so when he approaches a project expect big things and it was a pretty big period piece world war two world war one film yeah it was um let's talk about the lead actor then because obviously as you say spielberg can get any actor he wants yep he got a relatively unknown actor named jeremy irvine and um he could have got the guy who played Billy Elliot, uh, Jamie sure. Bell. I think that's more of a case of strategy. A lot of uh, directors do that so they don't distract. Like, when you watch it, you just completely, you know, fall into the story rather than going, oh, how do they get Robert De Niro? Yeah. You know? <laughs> well, it's Spielberg. That's how yeah, they got yeah. Robert De Niro. Um, they don't really have Robert De Niro in this film, just to clarify it. Yeah. Um, one of the main choices they would have had as well, um, it says it on IMDb, is Daniel Radcliffe, who played Harry Potter. Was, they uh, could have got him, yeah. Was a choice for the lead as well. Was a choice they didn't get him. They didn't. Or? They didn't want him. And oh, Spielberg sure. has final sure. say. Let's yep, say yep. he's chosen Jeremy Irving, Irvine, whatever his name yep. is, um, because he's relatively unknown. He doesn't take away anything from the film, but it had no real known actors in it besides Emily Watson, who plays his mum, and the sergeant at the end who was going to shoot the horse. Um, he's been in a lot of movies. A very top of line actor. And uh, there was one actor who plays Loki in Thor. He was. Um, he played one of the what he yeah. called sergeants as well, yeah, but yeah, yeah. I, I felt it was really interesting having no real known actors. Yeah, you know, Eddie Marston. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, he played Sergeant Fry. Yeah, yeah. So Tom Hiddle Hiddleston, who played uh, Captain Nichols. Oh yeah, he was the guy who plays Loki in Thor. Oh and, right, and I yeah, recognised yeah. him. Um, he's going to be in the Avengers as well. But beyond that very unrecognizable cast you can kind of put whatever you want onto them yeah. i guess so yeah no i completely agree and again that's a strategy so the audience doesn't 
like it doesn't break that wall go oh that's the guy you know yeah tries to get you into the movie i suppose when you see an adam sandler film he's always some shade of adam sandler yeah and then they get cameos to really blitz that you know you're just like oh how'd they get tarantino you know yeah sure (laughs) well uh the film runs for 146 minutes which is two hours and 26 minutes Yeah, long film and uh it was a bad sign immediately when the projectionist at the cinema we went to had the first few minutes out of focus (laughs) i thought i i I immediately saw that yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you having that background in that area would have immediately went, oh. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I saw it on the on the opening title because uh, with words, it's quite obvious if they're out of focus, <laughs> you know, they're very rigid shapes. But this film was written by, uh, well, co-written by Richard Curtis. Does the name ring a bell? Richard Curtis, it does ring a bell. The uh, writer-director of Love Actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> does that answer all your questions? <laughs> That answers all your questions about this film, does it? Yeah. Yeah, so I guess <laughs> I was very much thinking it was a little bit corny at times. A boy loves a horse. Is that the whole film? Uh, I guess. There was elements of greatness in it, certainly. But yeah, it was really mushy. It was really mushy. And Spielberg, uh, I think, is very overrated. He, he relies so much on his music Every time there's an emotional scene, he just has to have... I don't know if it's Williams who did the music. It or, is, yeah. Oh, it is. Oh, God. He's a golden I don't golden know if anyone's seen Temple of Doom, one of the worst movies ever made. Just the music, like, oh, I don't know. I don't it know. drowns the, it? Yeah, it drowns it. Like, oh, I want the audience to feel sad here. Sad music. I want the audience to feel happy. Happy music, you know. Oh, God. <laughs> At the opening of War Horse, they're on a farm for a long period of time. Yeah, yeah. Long period of time. And I wanted to like that. It yep. was The set piece was brilliant. You it was really feel the farm every edge of it oh it man. was the early luke skywalker part where he's on on his um original planet before, like he, yeah, before yeah. he goes anywhere you before know. he goes into war yeah, he's a farm well boy said. you know yeah. yeah and so i was looking at it like oh yeah you know i want to like this as well everything was scored oh yeah everything was just drowned in music uh, it's really um a bad sign of a director if they're having to rely on music like just like you know, you can picture him on the dials turning it up to try to make the audience cry. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I got to imagine Spielberg has final cut. Yeah. Right? So if he's seen anything he's not happy with, he's changing it or he's, you know, doing something different. And I felt like this film needed more silent moments. Yeah. You needed to pause. And it would have been so much. He had pretty. He had a pretty good cast. Yeah. Um, the, the actors, like as you say. Oh, they Watson, held their own. Oh, yeah. They could do it. And he didn't need the music. Strip that away. Let the actor pour the emotion, you know. But, ugh. Well, let's talk about Spielberg. I feel early Spielberg is the best. Oh, he's he's a titan in cinema. He's an absolute titan. You yeah. got your Jaws, your E.T., yep. your Jurassic Park. He set the template, which everyone is... A lot of directors... I don't want to say everyone. A lot of directors are trying to be. Yeah, yeah. you're absolutely right. He, he jumps genres. Yep. He's doing all kinds of stuff. There was a serious Spielberg that had Schindler's List. You're saving Private Ryan, you know. And now you get a lot more of the Terminal and Warhorse and I feel like Munich was okay yeah. Catch Me If You Can was okay but for every kind of Munich there's a War of the Worlds or an Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull sure. you know um, it's sort of like hit and miss yeah, yeah. There's, there's a lot less and to this like. had so many elements of this is going to be his big great um, what's one of the films you mentioned there Schindler's List yeah and like a Schindler's List like it had those elements but he, I don't know it just to me he didn't pull it together mm. um, at all yeah well, the next thing he's going to do is Lincoln. Abraham wow. Lincoln. Okay, sure. And it was originally supposed to have Liam Neeson. 
but now it's going to have Daniel Day-Lewis. So okay. I'm not sure how that'll go. The Daniel Day-Lewis is going to team up with Spielberg. You know the no one. No way. Yeah. I what, that's filming now? I believe so. I think it, it sounds very <sighs> oh. formula, though. You take a, a historical figure, you know, you take a great director who's won Oscars, you take an actor Daniel who's won Daniel Day-Lewis is probably the best actor in the world at the moment, sure. you know? And I, so I can't imagine him agreeing with Spielberg. <laughs> You'd want Martin, so, surely Scorsese or, or, or Oliver Stone or something. <laughs> well, for every Lincoln, there's a... Ro- okay. A Robopocalypse. Because <laughs> that's the next one after that. He's credited on directing after... A what? A- after Lincoln is Robopocalypse. And it basically sounds like the plot of The Terminator. Okay. So, it's robots in the future, basically. Yeah. There's an there's a old form of um, directing where you go, one for them, one for me, one for the studio to make money. That's and a Steven Soderbergh. Yeah, that? yeah. Steven yeah. Soderbergh's very good at... Yeah, yeah. Makes his independent film and he makes the Hollywood film. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, when he's making Hollywood films, he's getting Oscars and then praise. And it feels like a lot of the time when Spielberg makes a film, they invite him to the Golden Globes or Oscars, you know, to present if he doesn't have a film out. Yeah. They want him Well, there. he is a titan, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And War Horse is nominated for Best Picture. But, like you say, not Best Picture. No. Oh, man. Oh, well, can I talk about what I liked about it? Sure. Um, I loved the, fir- the the battle scene so well choreographed this is the guy who brought us Saving Private Ryan which changed wa- world war films war films forever you know sort of like what Platoon did in the 80s I-, I really do believe Saving Private Ryan brought it up to a whole new level you know since Platoon um, and this scene when the horses are all ready to charge are all this you know this cavalry and they charge into this German camp, and the the sergeant and everyone are so proud of this um, small three hundred um, team man. Yeah, they're uh, they're underdogs. They're, they're, under- they're outnumbered. Yeah, they're outnumbered. But they like you know we're the cavalry. We're so proud, and they charge into this German camp. At first, they're winning. They're slicing through, and the Germans simply retreat to a gun line, a machine gun. Yep. And the machine guns gun them down, and Spielberg spends a quite a time cutting to the horse, the muscles of the horse trying to charge through, cutting to the machine gun, and the machine gun slowly, just simply firing off its guns. Like I think he even dropped the sound there, where you're just seeing the machine gun go through the motions. Mm. And there's um, there's a really good shot where the Captain Nichols, who's riding the war horse, yeah. is named Joey. Um, where he gets shot and it doesn't show him die, it just shows the horse. Yeah, it just shows the out. horse running. They actually did drop to some silence. Yeah, there. it drops to some silence, and it really shows this is the end of your era. This is a new era we're ending. We're entering here, and it's as about the guns sergeant, and not yeah, swords. yeah, that's exactly right. And as the sergeant um, is surrounded by the Germans, and the Germans go, "What were you thinking?" You know, and he's looking around, can, can't believe what just happened, and he's and he surrenders his sword, and you really realize, wow, that's the end of your era the posh you know the the beautiful um uh the beautiful uniform they wore out into battle the beautiful sword and everything that he was traditional is gone and this is going to be an ugly age of war now this is a new era that was great Mm. i thought wow terrific and then we get into the german camp and they're speaking english according to spielberg i speak perfect (laughs) german you know oh my god to me i understand why they do it to get that international thing don't have subtitles in the film but to me and i'm sure it's with a lot of viewers it breaks the illusion you're in the german camp and they're speaking english it f- your mind falters go oh, oh, okay but we're in the german camp yeah oh terrible method yep. frank capra i think it's frank capra the, the directors of the old time who who did ben-hur and stuff like that 
Um, yes, you never had subtitles in the film, but what they did, they had the Americans as the main stars, um, and then if you had the Romans come in and stuff, they spoke in a very posh British accent, and it really separated, you know, it really worked. In this case, in this modern era, it, uh, I don't know, it just, you have the British and then you go into the German war camp, it doesn't work, you got to have them, I don't know. It made it more difficult to identify between them, I think. It does, it definitely does. And um, it made the Germans sound really smug and sort of evil because they were speaking English. Yeah, yeah, they were speaking English, you yeah. know, and you, you wanted to, it, like, it's good how Spielberg went into the German camp and really tried to humanise them a bit, but... As you said, with them speaking, it was, I was just, like, so jolted. <laughs> we talked about this last week on Mission Impossible. Yeah. And um, basically, same problem, really. <laughs> it takes you out of the film. If you, you know, like we said last week, um, American audiences might not notice. But yeah. it felt like if Spielberg can't have subtitles in a film, you know, have we lost it completely? <laughs> you know? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> So, Warhorse is based on a play as yep. well as a children's novel of the same name set during World War One. Obviously, it's I'm curious to know what they change because it just seems so Hollywood. It's so Hollywood. It does to the point where I can't believe that's an original story. You know, I just can't believe that. It just feels like it's all fictionalized. It's all for the Hollywood, all for the you know. Is it because you can't believe that they would meet each other again? Or yep. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, so many things had to happen. Oh, um, come on, man. A young boy, a young guy, um, you know, loses his horse. Yeah, fair enough. Then goes into World War One, and all. And when you meet him, you think the horse has been in his mind the whole time. I can't believe that. What, he hasn't met a girl? So he hasn't stayed back to help the family? The horse is... He carries a picture of his horse in his pocket? Oh, come on. Oh, my gosh. That doesn't <laughs> exist. <laughs> I had a real problem with this film because before I went in, I was reading the synopsis and I thought... Why doesn't he just get another horse? Yeah. And oh, there's this terrible scene where the horses were carrying um, the uh, this artillery. massive artillery yep. up the thing, and the horses were dying off because you know carrying that huge weight up the hill, and each horse would just break off and die. Yep. And there was this; it slows down, and the guy's going, "Sir, you cannot uh, carry this horse because he's you know injured." That guy was terrible. Oh too. yeah, and then the guy um, takes out his gun, shoots the horse. That has um that has broken its leg because uh, it's died of exhaustion pretty much, and everyone in the camp flinches and there's this long pause like all the Germans are horrified. He's killing horses. Oh come on! They were killing horses like like they were shooting ammunition. Next, you know that sort of attitude. I can't believe hardy men in World War One would have this big big moment for a horse. Oh come on! <laughs> I completely agree that Oh my god. <laughs> what you learn in the film is um they paid like three times too much money at the beginning for this horse, Joey. Yeah. And then the boy rears the horse, he teaches. And they him. form a relationship. Sure. I get that, yeah. Yeah. But if they paid three times as much money, when he sells it to the cavalry, couldn't he take the three times as much money that he has, buy a cheaper horse, and he could just start again. Keep going again, yeah, yeah, because yeah. Because if you have a kid and you're teaching it about life through your pets, you know, your goldfish dies, you don't go swimming after it when you flush it yeah yeah you know what i mean and i mean it's not a nice way of putting this um but he by, by all rights should think that the horse is dead yeah because captain nichols who bought the horse from him who was riding it he gets delivered the the diary and it says captain nichols died and this was on him and it was for you yeah kind of thing um what should happen then is he should assume that his horse is now dead Right. What actually happens is the horse is now with the German camp, and even then, you shouldn't think you're getting that horse yeah. back. <laughs> you know, he, he actually goes to World War One 
I'm pretty sure with the sole intention of meeting up with his horse. That's what I felt like. And yeah. it was so, I don't know, to me it was so ridiculous. I was laughing. And when the sergeant was drawing pictures of the horse and sending it back to the boy, I, I, I was just laughing at how ridiculous that was. I don't know. Some people can go with it. I just didn't. Oh, God. Oh, and can we talk about that French scene? Oh, what was the point in that? Basically, the um, the two Germans steal the horse, like, to get away, and they run away from the German army, which later they get caught by the German army and they get executed for running away. The horses are left behind this windmill um, place where uh, it's owned by this Russian couple, a grandfather and a granddaughter. A French couple. A French couple. Uh, a, a French family of a, just a grandmother and a granddaughter. A grandfather and his granddaughter. And, and, and yep. his granddaughter. Yep. Um, and they, they take the horses and claim it as their own, pretty much, and they form a relationship with and that. And they hide the horses from the Germans so, so they, they don't, can keep yep, them. So they can keep them. And it's sort of alluded to that she has some kind of uh, bone disease, like an unbreakable that yeah. uh, Samuel Jackson has, so she shouldn't be riding. Yep. But she still gets to ride. It was so pointless and tacky and again these were french speak i can't do the french english accent. speaking frenchmen yeah frenchmen but you're supposed to believe that they're french although they're speaking in english There's with a, a french slight accent, accent. Yeah. oh god again broke the illusion for me yep but what was you know she's teaching the horse how to jump, jump. and everything I, I felt it was just there to make the audience laugh and feel all giddy yeah. Oh, it was terrible. <laughs> there was there was a real lack of um, female characters. Yeah. Right? So yeah. having a little girl in it kind of says that this film is for boys and girls. Really. Yeah. Didn't you feel it was placed in yep. there just for the popcorn audience? It I was- mean, I got to assume that that was in the novel or the play. Oh, I'd love to find that out. Yeah. Oh. Well, if you know, write to us on our Facebook yeah. or let us know. <laughs> it was in there the whole time. <laughs> what I felt like was they could have lifted that 20 to 30 minutes, dropped the runtime to about two oh, hours. Oh, gosh. They didn't need that scene at all (laughs) and then what they could have done was um at the very end to spoil it some more um he tries to get his horse back and he has to buy it and all the soldiers chip in money and then he goes to bid and he doesn't have enough money and the old french grandfather buys the horse for a huge amount of money back then yep because um basically his granddaughter has since died and this is the only thing he has left of her and will remind him yeah um i felt like that was the only bit of kind of comeback for that whole sequence like that was the payoff for the 20 or 30 minutes with the french family and so you could have cut that and the scene at the end and instead have him with very little money trying to buy this horse and then all the soldiers give him money yeah and so they all pull their money and they all like pat him on the back and they kind of applaud when he gets his horse yeah would have been a bigger emotional moment than him quietly going up to the old french man and saying oh he was my horse (laughs) and and then basically just getting it back <laughs> yeah, without yeah. paying anything. It just felt like empty. Oh, gosh. It felt... Yeah, unrealistic. Yeah, unrealistic, yeah. You know, very Hollywood. Yeah, very Hollywood. That's what I'm curious. Is this in the original story? I can't believe this is the original story. Uh, if they pulled that, that moment off in the original story, like, wow, that's amazing. But to me, oh, gosh, it's just so unnecessary. There's a film called A uh, Very Long Engagement with Audrey Tuteau, and it's a French film. And there's another film called um, Cold Mountain with Nicole Kidman and Jude Law. And in both of those films, they're about separation of a man and a woman, you know, who are in a relationship. Sure. And uh, they go to find each other again. It's basically like War Horse, but with humans. Yeah, which is a lot better. (laughs) Yeah. And when you see both sides of it, like you see what Nicole Kidman's been up to and what Jude Law has been up to, you know, it makes the journey to get back to each other more credible because eventually they get back together and the problem is um 
with those kind of films is it's hard to have a love story because you show them at the beginning and then all the middle they're on their own and then when they get back together in the end you don't have enough screen time yeah. to kind of establish it there's a movie called serendipity oh okay um, yeah john cusack and yep. kate beckinsale and they have this great one night kind of thing and they put their phone numbers out into the universe and then the whole movie they're not together until towards the end sure and that's the problem is that it didn't work because you need time to develop those relationships oh so it wasn't a good film because i think it didn't succeed commercially sure. yeah i mean yep. it's not a terrible film it's just yeah. like you know bit yeah. whatever um but with a film like a very long engagement or cold mountain mm. The fact that you can have kind of the emotional, what Nicole Kidman's going through, what Jude Law's going through, and then kind of they write letters to each other and that sort of thing. Yeah. In this film, you've got the boy missing the horse, yeah. or the horse, as he calls it, and you've got the horse just doing horse-related things. You know, it's kind of hard to emotionally connect to the horse. You can't imagine the horse missing him or anything like that because it's just kind of trotting along and doing its own thing. Yeah, you yeah. Know? So it feels like half sort of one way um what do you call it lopsided yeah you know no uh, uh, definitely I completely agree with you <laughs> yep. the other thing about that is it's really good when a man and a woman or whatever um emotionally when they see each other again you know they can kiss yeah. they can embrace There's and you a can relate payoff. to that you're like oh you know, yeah, 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 yeah exactly yeah. you haven't seen someone for a long time you know it's it's emotional and then when he sees his horse again it's he should have been at the end a big make out scene with the horse <laughs> Oh my god. The yeah. opinions of Lloyd Hughes do not <laughs> reflect the opinions of this podcast. <laughs> uh, I, I really just thought they could have got a new horse. Would have been a much shorter film, wouldn't it? <laughs> I mean, they had the money. Oh, I, I, I got to admit, you're in the same cinema as me. Um, it worked. People were laughing at the French scene. Like, yeah. actually laughing. Thought it was cute and funny. Yep. I think it's going to be a big success. She was a spunky little girl. She had, like, some funny lines and stuff. <laughs> you think the film will be a success? I think the film will be a big success. I think audiences will love this. I have no idea why. I, I don't know. I could see the force. Maybe it's because I'm getting older and bitter. But, <laughs> oh, come on. Like, this is just so stupid. <laughs> I think it will make money because of its Golden Globe nominations. Sure, yeah. I feel like people will be curious. Uh, there's enough reviews out there that say this is Spielberg as yeah, his yeah. best. It's got Spielberg at the helm. It's yeah. a really interesting subject curiosity. of World War One. Yeah, curiosity and good action scenes. It was a brilliant scene where the tank is like just. Uh, uh, I'm interpreting it as it was just mowing down barbed wire, clearing the way, and the horse gets stuck in the middle, and he hops over um, the tank, and it was really the machine meeting you know the old age of the horse. Yeah, um, I thought that was pretty cool, and then that terrific. Um, scene where the men charge into no man's land and get mowed down and then they get hit with um, uh, I think mustard gas that was great you know Spielberg back in Saving Private Ryan days the action was handled well the action was handled well as you say and the set pieces like you can as far as the eye can see the detail on no man's land and on the um, in in the trenches was terrific yeah. yeah absolutely terrific look I think the best thing about the film of all was all the sets all the costumes yeah. that it felt like World War One. yeah that you looked around the, the trenches the guys did and everything. a great job yeah. as you said with Spielberg he can get anything he wants and yep. he's got the best team working for him sure yeah. I think overall, though, when I think about the film, it feels like it was a great midday movie. Yeah, you know, it doesn't. It doesn't feel. <laughs> oh, no, like, yeah, well said. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't feel like you have to see it in cinemas. No, it doesn't feel like it's the unmissable event of the year. Yeah, it doesn't feel like the best film. You know, I mean, 
we're going to talk uh, on the next podcast about all the Golden Globe nominations. Sure. Uh, that'll probably come out before the end of the year, so um, keep an ear out for that one. But we'll probably discuss the other nominees and why we uh, we think that they're better than War yeah. Horse. Yeah. I doubt either of us will assume this is winning Best Picture. <laughs> yeah. It'll be a big surprise to me if this one... Did, sorry, did you say it was nominated for Best Sound? Oh, best best uh, Original Score. So oh, John God. Williams... Yeah, well, John Williams is a genius, no doubt, but using music, I guess, you know, that's a whole different... Yeah. The music was good, it's yeah. just where it was in the film wasn't... It, yeah, so no, well said. It was yeah. repetitive, Yeah. and the same score, which is in the trailer and the TV spots now that are running, it would swell and like the same little score over and over again and uh you know as i said everything on the farm being set to music was was too much do you want to talk about the barbed wire scene yeah i do um the first thing i want to say about that is that okay to to explain if you haven't seen it or you're not interested um the horse gets stuck in barbed wire and i had to hang around till the end of the credits to make sure no animal was harmed (laughs) in the making of this film because it was very realistic and that i thought was done really well and there were gasps in the audience. Everyone was... Oh, I flinched. Yeah. Yeah, I absolutely flinched. Um, I knew I, that I was going to happen. Yeah, I knew that was going to happen. I just have a terrible thing when animals get hurt in a movie. <laughs> I, yeah. I just react really badly. Yeah. I did want to say um, one man from each side, one German and one Englishman, go out and they get some... Uh, some What do you call them? Wire clippers? cutters? Wire yeah, cutters. Yeah. Uh, clippers. Yeah. Uh, they get some wire cutters. They cut the horse out together and they have a little bit of banter. Yeah. You know, in um, that kind of no man's land area. Yeah. And uh, it's sort of like the horse bringing both sides together. That exactly. Sort of yeah. yeah. And finding that they have similar, you know... Yeah. Uh, humor and and that sort of stuff. They're human it humanizes both sides. It yeah. does. It did. And I mean, you spent time with the English people. You spent time with the Germans. But this this really humanizes them. And it was a great build up to that moment where the horse gets lost. And I think it, it did have that scene. Uh, <laughs> it sorry, it did have a terrible build up. The horse um, is basically he's he's formed this relationship with another horse and a that, black horse, a black horse, which yeah. was very edgy yeah. <laughs> for, for that time. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and and basically- also, I'm sure, just to quickly d- deter on that, the black horse is being forced to pull this uh, artillery and stuff. Oh, I- no. I felt like there was an analogy for slavery there yeah, somewhere. Yeah, and, um, yeah. And the horse has injuries to its leg and eventually dies of exhaustion. Um, and this horse caretaker from the German side, who was poorly played and over-the-top caring for the horse... Um, he's got, you know, takes them to the side. The black horse dies, and the, they have a moment where the um, does the war horse have a name? Joey. Joey um, looks at the black horse and realizes, okay, he's dead. And you know, they say, oh, you're gonna have to kill these horses or let go. And then, <laughs> as they're pulling the horse, keep away the Germans to tell him to get back into marching. He screams so dramatically, run, run! <laughs> and uh, Joey, so Joey runs, and so begins this big chase sequence again with that scene where he gets cornered by the tank and hops over, and it becomes nighttime, and he's running. It's fantastic. It's actually a really good sequence, other than the dramatic run, run um, moment. I would have enjoyed a shot from in front of the horse, looking back at it sort of bring a little more of a look into its eyes oh yeah yeah point of view yeah well 
of like if you were in front of it looking back and it was running at you sure at yeah yeah and there, there was just a lot of side angles and like just it runs past but I like it how it ventured into the trenches it and did. people are going and then you see the night fighting and all that that was pretty cool it looked like the horse definitely would have been hurt it falls in the trench at oh, one point oh yeah yeah it hops the trench doesn't quite make it and falls into the oh, trench oh tragic oh I was gasping at that I was like oh no <laughs> yeah that would have been a difficult and one it runs through gets into no man's land and keeps charging hits barbed wire keeps charging hits barbed wire and keeps going, going, and eventually the barbed wire is getting pulled from where it's um, anchored into the fence-like it position. It wraps around him. Yeah, then wraps around. Eventually, he just collapses. And as the barbed wire is tearing through its flesh and everything like that, I was gasping. I was flinching. I was like, oh, that poor horse. Very well done. Again, other than the yelling, run. <laughs> Wasn't that terrible? Like I said, it felt like a midday movie. <laughs> so, so did you cry, Lloyd? Let's be honest. I didn't cry, no. no. no I, I wanted to. I wanted to cry in the whole film, but it, it was just too stupid, the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to be nice to this yeah, Okay, so I just wanted to say the fact that they're stuck in no man's land yeah. and you get to both sides and it humanizes them and everything. Yep. It's like a tiny bit of the 2001 Oscar winning best foreign language film called No Man's Land. I haven't seen that. Now, this film, uh, we, we had to watch it at school. It was, like, highly commended. Obviously, yeah. won the Oscar. It's about two wounded soldiers, a Bosniak and a Bosnian Serb, and they are caught between the lines in No Man's Land. They're both sort of in front of their respective armies, and they're in a struggle for survival, and the two soldiers sort of confront each other in a trench, have to wait for dark, and they find common ground, and they become friends a little bit, and... It's this really interesting commentary on how, you know, they have more things in common than differences and humanizes them completely. Yeah, yeah. And I, all I could think of during that scene was, oh, this is sort of a ripoff. It's sort of exactly that same thing. <laughs> yeah. I assume that it was also in the um, the play and sure. the book. Yeah. And, and a lot of the humor also was in that scene where they sort of made jokes about each other yeah, and yeah, the audience yeah. sort of could relate. He goes, don't worry, I can't shoot anyway. Hopefully uh, I won't hit you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and he lets him keep the wire cutters as, yeah. a, as a memento of his journey. And they friend. actually flip a coin. He'll get the horse. That was cool. <laughs> oh, again, it added to the highly unlikely series yeah. of events that he would ever see his horse again because yeah. the coin flip had it been tails it was heads yeah had it been tails he wouldn't have got his horse back yeah. you know ridiculous <laughs> so many things had to happen for him to get his horse back anyway um did you find the british people really unlikable like yeah. when they were charging and the germans the, the only nice down? guy was the and he was over the top nice yeah. was the sergeant who was actually he actually the guy who bought the horse off the poor farm kid um, he was over the top nice he was actually writing or drawing pictures of the horse and writing letters to the boy who he bought it from saying yeah the horse is fine here's a picture of him which was just so yeah. ridiculous <laughs> that a sergeant or a, a guy of his high caliber would waste time I yeah. guess I guess the point is is that he's also been enchanted by this horse yeah. and that wherever the horse goes it, I was actually laughing at some <laughs> scenes when he was drawing the picture of the horse I was like oh come on yeah oh, I completely see what you're saying yeah. <laughs> I thought it was really interesting how um alright well obviously the war scenes were not Saving Private Ryan um Saving Private Ryan you had people getting shot oh, all the yeah. time very full on lots of violence though there was some violence in it and I believe it has an M rating I'm not 100% sure on that it's rated PG-13 in America sure. this movie yep um you don't really see many deaths you see a few people run out and get shot but you don't see anything but them basically collapse yeah seemed very sort of PG if yeah. you will um 
the two German boys who steal the horses, um, they you don't see their death. There's this really great shot where the and my favorite shot of the film where the uh, the blades of the windmill are going down, and as the blades sort of oh that was great yeah they yeah. drop past you see them kind of line up their guns and, and then get the blades cover the boys so you don't see them get shot that was br- just great. as they get shot yeah, and no. then when, as it goes past they're on the ground yeah those poor German kids get shot yeah my favorite shot of yeah. the whole film no, I thought well oh said. that was great yeah, no that's yeah. good and um, the other thing was there was his buddy who I don't know why his buddy went to war with him <laughs> the main guy yeah um he had a friend who was sort of a farm boy as well, and he was, like, really afraid to be there in yeah. the war. And he gets sort of enveloped in a cloud of mustard gas. And I assume he dies because yeah. you don't see him again. No. Again. He was badly written. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They don't show his death as no. well. Yeah. They also don't show the death of Captain Nichols, who, as I said, they've got the artillery line. They're all shooting. It just shows his eyes and he looks and then it shows the shots and then it shows the horse running on its own as if he's been shot off yeah without the rider on him yeah now the choice to do all of that i think made it really kid friendly you had it was almost like he was making a movie for kids yeah do you think that hurt it i think it did yeah i I didn't feel it hurt it that much um well i mean it made me feel like i was watching a children's sure okay yeah i mean probably they've had kids go to see the play it's a children's book sure yeah needed to keep it to that audience as well yeah and anything really violent it was still effective though like that windmill shot was so effective to me you didn't see any violence but it was the real loss of those kids it was from really far away yeah 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 but also i mean they made sort of a silly choice as well. They would have seen each other not long after that at the front lines. <laughs> like one kid panics and helps the other try and escape from mm. the German army. How's that going to go well? Yeah, no. Yeah. I don't know. Again, we've talked about it. All the Germans and the French speaking English. It just really bugged me. Oh, well. yeah. No, it broke the illusion. Uh, it that- might, some people might go with it, but to me it was just so like, oh, okay, these are French people now. All right, I get you. You know what I mean? I was having those ones. See, yeah. that could have been because it was for kids as well. And also you have three different kind of children try and rear the horse. You have the farm boy, main character. You yep. have the French girl trying to teach it to jump. And the German boy as well is like, you know... Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah, you had young ki- young yeah. men sort the of... The adults yeah, yeah. don't interact with it as much, sure. you know, yeah. because it's for kids yeah. kind of thing, you know. It's, yeah, I don't know. I felt like, as I said, I was watching something made for children or, or made for adults watching it with children. Did Spielberg do Indiana Jones, the fourth one? I believe he directed it, Oh, okay, it, yeah. sure, okay. Yeah, the cr- killed Sorry. Cream of the Crystal yeah. Skull. Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah. Made so, for kids, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um... Although, that being said, there were scenes that felt like horse torture, you know, where they're pulling the artillery and where he's caught in the barbed wire and stuff. And, and yeah, I just thought as well, it felt stupid that they weren't using more horses initially to pull the artillery instead of waiting for one to die and then replacing it. Yeah, yeah. Why don't you just have, like, 20 horses all pull yeah, the artillery? Yeah, the, the artillery, yeah. I watched The Green Lantern, right, at the theatre, and um, it had exactly the same problem. Just to ruin a little bit for you... He's um, trying to pull something into the sun, or no, pull himself away from the sun, and he's getting sucked towards it kind of thing, and he can imagine anything he wants, right, with his magic ring and the green lantern, and he imagines a couple of planes that are pulling him away. Why not imagine a hundred planes yeah, you yeah. Can pull yourself all away, you know what I mean? <laughs> just kind of this common sense yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. In movies, I just felt like, why didn't they just use more horses? Yeah, yeah. Why didn't they just get another horse? Sure. You know, a lot of things, you had to suspend your belief a lot in this film. Especially the Germans taking a moment to care about a horse being executed, when sure. again, I just felt like, you know, they would have ran through about hundreds of horses a exactly. day. Yeah. 
and and they were taking horses from all kinds of like farms and stuff they were walking through yeah yeah you know they weren't short on horses yeah they had heaps right. of them and uh, they were just dropping them as yeah they dropping went. them like flies and eating them i bet <laughs> i felt like the film was really anticlimactic right when the bell rings war's over that was it yeah bell rings and he goes back with his family and in the end oh it's all about a farm boy who finds his horse, horse. <laughs> and finds some maturity in that and grows and matures <laughs> yeah but i mean it could have been as if they had to win some amount of ground or something there could have been more of a war element to it it was just as if i know the main character was blind but he was just sort of sitting around doing nothing it felt like oh let's end the film yeah let's ring yeah. the bell war's over you yeah know? you could have had that happen at any time couldn't you, you know, it, it you was could... such a heavy subject matter as well world war one like it's one of the most awful one of the most awful wars ever and yeah it was just like oh yeah that's done now the horse is back together <laughs> what did you think of the very end where he returns to the farm on the horse and what looks like he rode the horse from yeah it, <laughs> from the france back to was England. heavily heavily i don't want to say over the top but there was a heavy style to it the sun coming down and i thought it looked like uh casablanca yeah. like it looked yeah, like, like an old 30s film. sort of yeah 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 but also i thought it looked really fake yeah and yeah. really it, it was so stylized it was so yeah. stylized and that long moment where he you know shakes hand with his dad gives him back and you know this is his you know comeuppance not his comeuppance but his like now they're rekindled sort of thing they've both gone through a war and all the rest of it i also thought that it was without dialogue it was all yeah music yeah i would have enjoyed some dialogue (laughs) i feel like uh, there was a lot to be said his mum could have hugged him and said something nice about loving and great to have him back Mm. i didn't feel like because they were all silhouettes I couldn't connect mm. because you didn't see any of the emotion, any of the facial features. Nothing changed. She just comes back, shakes his dad's hand, his mum, she's there, he's got the horse, it shows a shot of the horse, end of the film, you know. Um, I would have enjoyed him saying something to the horse, you know. Uh, I would have enjoyed it even more. That'll do, pig. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I would have enjoyed it even more if he'd met that girl from the car. You know, she oh, was. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, he asked the guy in the middle of the war, like, "Oh, who was that girl?" Like, he wanted to meet up with but, her. Yeah, to me, it's just so stupid how passionate this guy was about this horse, and yeah. like, he was a young, good-looking kid. You know, didn't he meet a girl? Like, that changes my cares about that horse. <laughs> I suppose you're not meeting a lot of girls on your farm. No, but, yeah. Like, if he was interested in that girl in the car, wouldn't he have tried to pursue yeah, her? Yeah, the whole time I was thinking, man, you're really into that horse. <laughs> Unnaturally so. What happened during those night scenes we cut away to, yeah. I also thought, you know that idiot who was driving the car with the girl in it? Um, he asked for her name. And when he saved that guy's life, I felt like that guy should have said, her name's Betty or something. And there should have been some payoff. Yeah. But there wasn't. I was kind of good they didn't go that route, I guess. Oh, but no. yeah, even, yeah. even if he just said, that's her name, thanks for saving my life. Yeah, yeah. The only thanks for saving my life was he tried to get the horse, say it was his horse at yeah. the end, which I didn't really care for. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't I didn't think that made him a better character no. yeah, or anything yeah, yeah. like that. Um, I would have enjoyed a little more, maybe shown him during the day, working on the farm with his dad. Because you said um, moments ago that... You, 
most of the British people came off unlikable. Do you mean in that sense? Like, no, I mean uh, the cavalry, the, the oh, army. Oh, sure. Okay, the army yeah, were very unlikable. Yeah, and, yeah. and when they were racing towards that um, hoop to see who was the fastest horse, who cares? Because, like, <laughs> if you're the fastest, you're going to get killed yeah. first. Like, <laughs> didn't make any sense to me. I know yeah. it was just a quiet little competition and yeah. stuff. Um, again, with the ending, I would have liked to have seen some shots during the day where he's working on the farm with his dad. You see the crops and everything are flourishing. You see the uh, the horse uh, and another horse. So, like, they've kind of mated the horse with another horse and they have a baby horse or something. <laughs> yeah. Re- reset the cycle, you know what I mean? Sure, Say sure. that there was a point for all of this journey. Yeah. Now everything is better. You're just saying they made it home. It's such full a pity. Stop. I wanted to love that horse. I wanted to feel for that horse, you know, but I didn't care. <laughs> I guess the horse kind of represents hope because it survives through no man's land. It survives through all those things. So everybody on both sides of the army, they all think it's a great horse. They all want it. It should have been. That film should have went the other way. I don't know how you can stuff that up with heavy music and over-the-top romance. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, I I also wanted to like it. Yep. Um, Unfortunately, I didn't. Yep. We got a special advanced screening to that, you know, and we had a good audience for it that was laughing at it but well, they were laughing we were the in all the right. old, we were the bitter old grumpy men in the cinema <laughs> unfortunately I don't think we were alone no no we definitely weren't alone no. I, I was actually I, I actually looked over and a couple of people were dozing off <laughs> I actually saw those people yeah, yeah. <laughs> alright well uh, that's it for this week for Pod Me If You Can if you check out Warhorse, let us know what you thought yep. on uh, Facebook uh, don't forget to go to iTunes and subscribe to Pod Me If You Can As always, we'd love to hear from you and uh, any thoughts you've had on what we've had to say today. Thanks, guys. All the best with everything.